Welcome. You are listening to SIB Life Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you would like to know about SIB Life, including our online service time, you can join us online at siblife.my. Let me just dive straight into the Word of God this morning. I have something really uh, good for all of us, as much as the Lord blessed me personally with His Word. And uh, me, myself, every time, you know, as a pastor, we, we study, we take time, we study, we dive deep into the Word of God. We seek God to reveal to us uh, revelations, things that are not just, uh, f- you know, studying the book or the Bible, but it's for all of us, especially in challenging times when we face even um, challenges in our lives, family, health, career, finances, you name it, even within the church itself. I know um, we are glad as pastors, we, the Lord will speak to us first, minister to us first personally, and how we ourselves humble ourselves, want God to change us. And I want to encourage you uh, to do the same as well, even as we share with you, it's not just another sermon. It is a fresh Rima word of God to encourage all of us, including those of you at home as well. And I'm so glad that you can uh, join us this morning. Can we, let, me, let me just pray before we start, all right? Father, we want to thank you for... Uh, this morning again that we can gather in your house and for those who can't join us wherever they are you bless them and we believe even in seasons and times like this lord uh, challenges are everywhere but we thank you lord that the people of god can return back into your house and we can see many people are passionate who loves your house lord coming back to the house of god and i know and I know I'm so sure, even, even as I was talking to people, praying for people, people are blessed even uh, that they make a choice to return to your house because your presence is really powerful and tangible in the house of God. And I want to also pray specifically for, uh, before, uh, I'm going to pray for the word this morning. I want to pray for Lisa and Stephen. They posted on the YouTube chat. They are not well and uh, having cough, flu, and fever. And I want to pray for healing upon them right now, even as they can't make uh, that, I mean, to join us this morning, wherever they are, I pray for special healing upon you, Lisa and baby Stephen, uh, her son, and release Jehovah Rapha, the powerful name of God, to heal you because He is our healer. So for all of us, maybe some of us are not well, maybe in physically, Lord, we pray this morning. Lord, you heal us, may your presence touch us, and may the Rima word change our lives totally. In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe it, say, Amen. Amen. You know, um, I'll tell you a story. I, some of you know I love missions, and, and I've been traveling a lot, into, especially in East Malaysia, into the rural places. There was this particular time I was in Bintulu. You know, anybody here from Bintulu, by the way? Bintulu... Araga, tidak ada. Or those of you online, Bintulu, uh, Belaga, ada ga? Tidak ada Belaga. Oi, today don't have Bintulu people. All right. Anybody here from Sarawak? Okay, Sabah. All right. Wah, ramai juga anak Sabah hari ini ya. Ah. Yang mau datang gereja puji Tuhan anak Sabah. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, so, and all of you who are not Sabah, not Sarawak. Okay, semenanjung. All right, where's Malaysian? Okay. We are minorities. And of course, we have one Netherlanders, right? Sender is here. Love you to be in the house of God together with me. That's all right. Wonderful. If we are, uh, God loves all of us now. Anyway, so I was there. 
And I was doing ministry, and, and then uh, after finished uh, preaching, invited people to come to the front to be prayed for. So, so many of them, they came out, and I was praying uh, for them. And so when I was ministering, praying for this person, um, for, uh, he, he, he kind of like, he, he is, okay, I cannot describe too detailed. Anyway, issues, all right, issues, okay? Just, there, there's challenging things happening. So as I was praying, right, all of a sudden, I hear uh, very sharp uh, girls, I think it's a girl, lah, at that time, so I looked up, Mima is a girl, voice, like screaming, and it's really loud. I can't, I can't even hear myself. You know, and not just that, and then begin to, she, she, when I looked up, I saw her, then she began to run around, screaming, and run around, and then it's like very distracting for all the, the pastors, the leaders were praying for people ministering, very distracting, running around, screaming, and things like that. And so, um, for a while, I was waiting for people to do something, you know, and then nobody, and I was very distracted by that. I was also ministering to this, this boy. So I stopped and I told the leaders, I said, can you please stop that and pull her right next to her? So I left this boy. I went to this girl and I began to, to pray for this girl. Cut long story short, basically I command that spirit in her to be quiet. Shut her up in that sense, all right? So the moment I shut her up, somebody else ministered to her. I came back to this boy. I continued on and the Lord just set him free from whatever he was uh, going through. Now, why I want to share this to you is when we are doing God's work, God's good work, the devil is not happy. He will just do whatever he can try to do to really distract and disturb us. The devil is hell-bent to stop us from doing God's good works. I want you to know that, all right? So when God gave me this theme, our theme, let's read that theme together. One, two, three. Review, restore, renew. He, he warned me, even as I was uh, giving, God gave me this theme, He warned me of a be vigilant, to be vigilant because the devil is not happy when we are going to do rebuilding, restoring, renewing what God has uh, for us to, to do. And so God directed me to read Nehemiah. I know we're going to study Ezra and Haggai for this year, and we have preached about Nehemiah before a few years back. But then the Lord just directed me again back to Nehemiah and showed me something very practical principles, uh, which in a sense, last time when I studied it, I didn't see it. Now he showed me again. And he said, Daniel, you got to warn my people, which is all of us, SIB Life. All right? You got to warn my people this. And this morning, friends, if only we obey God's words, whatever I'm going to share with you, let me tell you something, we shall prevail over evil. So that's what I'm going to preach to you this morning. The title of my sermon is Prevail Over Evil. Everybody say prevail over evil. All right? Prevail means mengatasi, you win over evil. Let's look at Nehemiah chapter 4. All right? We're going to read from verse 1 to 12 to start with Nehemiah. All right? If you got it in your Bible, you can look at your Bible or else I put it on the screen for you. Let's begin. Verse 1. When Sanballat, by the way, a little background, those of you who don't know what is Nehemiah, and he's, he was a, a, a Jew, a cup, the whole entire uh, Jew, the Israelites were captured to Babylon because of the whole exile, and then Nehemiah grew up, 
in a sense, he grew up during that whole time, become, became a cupbearer, juruminum, for the king, uh, the, the, the pagan king. And so, and then when he heard his brother Hanani, one of his uh, relatives, came and told him that the walls of Jerusalem was broken and not rebuilt. And you know that in those times, the city must have walls. Without walls means it's like naked, all right? For a city, it's a shame. It's open for attacks by the enemies. And so when Nehemiah heard this in chapter 1, Nehemiah chapter 1, he began to pray, he fasted, he really saddened him that the walls of Jerusalem, which is most important thing, one of the most important things apart from the temple, was not rebuilt, was left in ruins for 100 years. So he took up that challenge, he went back to rebuild the wall. So, and here in chapter 4, we see what happened while they were rebuilding the wall. Let's begin. Chapter 4, verse 1. When Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, this is Nehemiah talking, that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble? Burn as they are. Now, pause it for a while. You see, friends, when God's people rebuild, the enemy will ridicule. Can I repeat that? When God's people rebuild, I can guarantee you 110%, we will say, the enemy will sure ridicule. You mean you want to change? Uh? You have been like that one? No, you cannot change one. Uh, Sender, get used to Malaysian English. Uh. Cannot change one. Lah. You mean you, you want to change? You mean you've been like that already all these years? You want to change? I uh, forget it. Lah. So they will, when you want to do something good to rebuild your life, rebuild your family, rebuild the church, the enemy will ridicule you. For sure. Okay, let's read on. So, Sambalat, now Tobiah, his good friends, you know, they are control. Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? Even if even the fox climbed up on it, he would break down their wall of stones. Verse 4, let's see how Nehemiah responded. Hear us, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their ha- own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blood. Or blot, out, or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. Verse 6, So we rebuild the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. Verse 7, But when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, and the Ammonites, and the men of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's wall had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, successful, they were very angry. Verse 8, they all plot together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we pray, Nehemiah said, to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. 11, also our enemies said, before they know it, or see us, we will be right there among them and will kill them and put an end to their work. Verse 12. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Wherever you turn, they will attack us. You see, I want to, first of all, before I share with you, how can we prevail over evil? Anybody here want to prevail over evil in your life? Yes? Yeah? Somehow, some 
things some time in our lives. If not now, you will face some sort of evil things trying to be done over you or families or your health. You want to prevail over evil, right? Even to our church, even to our nation, come on. And so, let me first share with you what are the strategies of our enemies, all right? When you don't understand, you can't identify the enemy's strategies, you don't know how to fight him. Anybody like chess here, by the way? You like to play chess? All right, Joel. Is that Joel? Okay, that's Ian. Ian or Joel? Okay. I, I love to play chess. Um, those times in my younger days. How many of you like, okay, I love to play Chinese chess, by the way. Uh, some of you, what is Chinese chess? Chinese people play Chinese chess. It's good. Why I like, because it's all about strategy. Nowadays, people play computer games, also strategy. You know, some of young people like to play Dota, right? Come on, admit it. I used to play Dota when I was uh, younger. Now I'm young, I was younger, so we play Dota. And uh, uh, what do I call that? Uh, uh, COD. Yeah, you see? Andrew, this, by the way, uh, Andrew in the movie. Uh. You know, I like, I like to watch football, all right? Why? Because... Uh, you like, anybody like watch football? Yeah? You support Man United? Okay. I don't support Man United. I only support Man United with God. All right, so, and uh, because I like strategies, and, but you got to know that when you play chess, example, you have to read the strategies of your opponents. All right? So before we know how to prevail over evil, we first need to identify their strategies. First strategy the enemy used is they will deceive us. They were so confusion to deceive us. You see, in verse 2, what did, what did, what did the, the uh, Sambalat say? What did he say? He said, will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burn as they are? Wait a minute. Never they plan to finish it in a day. All of a sudden, what is it? Are you planning to fin finish it in a day? Nobody said they're going to finish it in a day. You can't rebuild a wall like city wall in a day. Neither a church, neither a family, neither a life. It takes time, a journey, progressively, and along the way, you hit a lot of challenges. Still, it's continue on until you, you just focus on the good work. Let the Lord take care of everything else. The whole point is they're trying to say, are you going to finish in a day? So when they think, oh yeah, we can't finish in a day, means cannot finish. It's a whole idea of deceiving us. You cannot finish one. Cannot be done one. Alright? And then, what does it say? So much rubbles. So much rubbles is sampa. Uh, you know rubbles, right? Stones, pebbles. Sampa. So much. In BM Bible, it's sampa. Puing in Indonesian word. And burned. What are they going to do with it? See, friends, sampa is meant to be removed. You know what they say? Are they going to build, rebuild from the sampah? What is it? Bring the stones, the sampah back to life. That's not what we are trying to do here. We are trying to rebuild the wall. First, we're going to remove the sampah. So you'll be deceived that, yeah, look at the sampah. Cannot be bring to life, brought to, back to life. No, no need to do. Lah. You see, you, they're playing in your head. There's deception. You see, let me show you again in verse 10 and 12 uh, here, right here. All right, Put it on the screen. Let, let me read that. Meanwhile, the people in Judah say, 
the strength of the laborers is giving out, and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. You see, they have been deceived. Play around with their head. It's like we're trying to rebuild a church. Maybe we are shortage of resources. Maybe you say that uh, the strength of our people serving are going out. We're tired, whatever. So much mourning to be done. So much trouble. Ah, forget it lah. Don't do lah. They're playing with our head. They deceive us. And they fell into deception. Verse 11. Also our enemies say, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and we'll kill them and put an end to their work. Then the Jews who live near came over and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Hello. Let me, let me tell you something. You see, they... If you read the whole Nehemiah, not once they attacked the Jews and Nehemiah. The enemy never attacked. They just say, we're going to attack you. Talk only lah. But they never attacked. Why? Because Sambalat and Tobiah, they knew it was the king's decree for Nehemiah, blessed him, go back and rebuild the walls. They are not going to dare to fight over Nehemiah and the Jews. If they ever go and attack them, they are attacking the king's decree. They knew they cannot attack, but they keep scaring them, put fear to them, deceive them. You're going to die, one, you're going to die. Deceive them with fear. You see, many people I, I met, right, they, they only focus on the rubbles. They focus on, on these fears. They magnify the rubbles. Have you met people? They only tell you problems, problems. Have you met people like that before? No, no, no? Only me, okay? You don't, no? I'm not talking about those sitting next to you. Um, okay, uh, maybe you say, yeah, the one that's sleeping next to my house. I mean, no, no, okay. So what I'm saying is that they just know how to magnify problems. But hey, Nehemiah, you never see him magnify the problems. Let's read on. Nehemiah chapter, let me give you one example of deception. Wow, this is terrible. Let me show it to you, all right? In chapter 6, verse 1 to 3, let me read for you, all right? Then the word, they never stopped deceiving Nehemiah and, made, uh, sorry, uh, trying to destroy the, the good work Nehemiah was doing. When word came to Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the war, and not a gap was left. Wow, very successful. Though up to that time I had not set the doors in the gate, Sambala and Geshim sent this message, Come, let us meet together in one of the villages of the plain of Ono. Oh no. Okay. But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messages to them with this reply, I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Come on. What he was trying to tell, because he was so successful, you know, Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall, right? Like, finish it, the only doors have, haven't put in the doors yet. And what did the enemy do? Well, they cannot do anything. So what do you do? Uh, why don't we meet halfway? Halfway. You come halfway. The plane of Ono's is actually halfway. So you come halfway. I come halfway. Let's talk. Let's yamcha. Let's kopi kopi. And Nehemiah said, wait a minute. Why should I stop my work and come and meet you halfway? You see, the enemy is like that. They always deceive you to compromise. You may be saying, what's wrong? You just stop your work, come and copy, copy, lah. what's wrong? I am doing some good work here. I'm not going to be deceived by you and stop the work and come and let you, you know. So remember, trust me, friends. One of the biggest deception and many Christians fall is because they fall into compromising. They were deceived to compromise. And then what else? Verse, read on. Let me jump to verse 10 of chapter 6. i show it to you. It says, one day... Uh, I went to the house of Shemaiah, 
and uh, he said, Let us meet in the house of God inside the temple, and let us close the temple doors, because men are coming to kill you, Nehemiah. By night they are coming to kill you, 11. But I said, Should a man like me run away? Or should one like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. I realized that God had not sent him, but that he had prophesied against me because Tobias Sambala had hired him. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this. And then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. The next thing he's going to actually deceive you is to commit sin. Do you know what happens? You may be thinking like this. Wait a minute. Okay. Um, Nehemiah. Enemies are coming to attack you. And this guy, Shemaiah, is a prophet of the Jews. Being used by the enemy, deceive Nehemiah, come, all right? We hide inside the temple of God. And what's wrong with that? People chase, enemy chase you, go and hide. Some more you are hiding in the temple, in the house of God. You're safe. What's wrong with that, right? A lot of people will use these excuses. What's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that. Deception will always make you say, nothing wrong with that. But Nehemiah, very smart. You see, the temple he was referring to is the Holy of Holies. Only a priest is allowed to go in. Nehemiah was not a priest. If he ever do that, means he will commit a sin. And that would discredit his credibility. The next, he will come. He will, I'm telling you seriously. If you're not careful, you're going to tr- be trapped in this. To disobey God by making selfish decisions. Can I repeat that one more time? Listen to me, people. The devil will deceive you by making decisions. Good decisions like, wow, it's a good decision. But it's a selfish decision. Any selfish decision, it is always a disobedience to God. He is saved from being attacked by the enemy, but you are disobeying God. So what? You save your own life by actually disobeying God. Deception, secondly, is discouragement. You discourage you. That's his next strategy. All right? In verse 3, what did they say? What they are building? Even a fox, sir. In BM version, Anjing. Climb on that brick, uh, that, 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 the stones that they're trying to rebuild, it will break the stone. Even uh, Anjing climb on top also fall already, you know. Discourage you, you know. In other words, whatever you do, uh, forget it. Lah. Forget it. No, it's going to be a good one. And then in verse 5, he says, For they have thrown insults in the face of the builder. Insults. You see, they mock and ridicule in chapter 2, which tells us, they mocked and ridiculed Nehemiah and the, and, the, and the Jews. Listen to me carefully. Throughout the entire Nehemiah, you only keep on reading that the enemies so fear and insults and ridicule and mock. Everything is by words. That's the most powerful weapon. It's words, whether it be spoken or written. No need any sorts. You look at the situation right now we are in in the nation. It's all words. And then we'll tell you, cannot be done one la, cannot be done, insults you. And in verse 10, the people in Judah say, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there is so much trouble that we cannot rebuild. They were discouraged. Discouraged. 
Seconds. Third strategy the enemy uses is disunite us. Now, when they ever can do that, you can put a finetto, <laughs> full stop, <laughs> in all your work already. You know what they say in verse 8? They all plotted, the enemy plot together, to come and fight against Jerusalem. Look at the phrase, stir up trouble against it. That phrase means create confusion. So they will create confusion among the people of God so that they have infighting. They fight each other. Have you ever seen things like that before? Marriage, the same. Family, between parents and children, the same. Even the church, among leadership, among leadership and the members. And we fall for the trap. Some were still, while the devil is digging the trap, we go and help the devil to dig the hole, the trap. And then we ourselves fall into it. You know, it's actually, you know, you still want to fall into it. Let me tell you, disunity is one of the easiest, fastest, greatest way of actually destroying anything. Watch, why I like to watch football. That's what I want. You know, sometimes you got, you see watch football, huh? I want to use a name, huh? otherwise you, you, you say, wow, this is, you know. Some players are superstars players. They are so superstar, they don't know how to play as a team. They are so skillful, so good in their skills, you almost can tell who am I talking about. They are famous for his skill. The rest, I don't watch football, pastor. Never mind. Famous for his skills. Okay, you watch Iron Man. Okay, you watch Avengers. And you know Iron Man was kind of like a, you know, I'm the best kind of feeling, right? You know what I'm saying, right? So in, in the end, he still has to play as a team. If you watch Endgame. You can't fight Thanos alone. Okay. What are you talking about, Pastor? You don't even watch Avengers. Never mind. Okay, so... What, what do you do? You, okay, you watch Korean drama. I got, I got no Korean drama example for you. Now, what my point is, there are no superstars in the kingdom of God, in the house of God. Not even in your families. The moment you have a superstar, they're super gone, I am, I'm the best. This, this unity will happen. Alright? So, when you want to rebuild your family, husband and wife relationship, parents and children, pastors and members, you know, you will definitely have disagreement. And the enemy wants to sow disunity that will disengage you. They're confused. And the fourth way of strategy is discredit us. Verse 13, he had been hired, the Shemaiah, hired by the enemies to what? Intimidate means to put fear, to scare you so that I would commit sin, Nehemiah said, by doing this, and then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. They'll threaten you, they'll put fear, they'll intimidate you, and the worst is they're going to destroy your reputation, whether it be in your workplace, whether it be in the church, even politics, that's worse. Sadly, sometimes those people who try to discredit you are those you trust most. Shemaiah was a prophet of the Jews. You see that? You know, many years ago, I was a youth pastor. Of, youth means teens. Huh? And I remember there was the first year I became a pastor. Full-time. First few months. Suddenly, there's this 
incident exposed. Two teenagers in that one girl, one boy, they telanjur, committed sin. All right? So it was discovered. So, and as a pastor, what do you do? You want to help them. Most important thing to begin with is repentance. When you commit sin, what do you do? You repent. Not hide, not run away. You can't even say, okay, two of you, you, you separate. Lah. It's not even about breaking relationship alone, you know. It's about repentance. So, because they're teenagers, they're still accountable to their parents. So, I want to call their parents to come and reconcile and so that they must also confess to their parents, each other, and know, acknowledge they have done wrong and then my next step was take them to a process of counselling, healing process. So I called the parents. At first, the parents said, agree to come. Definitely, they didn't show up. I don't know what happened. Then the last I heard, of course, they stopped coming to church. The last I heard, bad news spread very fast, one, by the way. You don't need Facebook to help. You have no Facebook yet, my generation at that time. All right? This, the boy's father spread news everywhere and just say, Pastor Daniel is useless. No good, useless pastor. Hey, I have not even done anything. I just call you, come and meet in a church. You're going to spread useless. By the way, his father is not really a godly person. Nah, huh? It's not really a church not godly person. And then I found out some more, his father is the one who encouraged him. Very Western thinking. Sorry if you're Western, huh? Western thinking. Huh? He's a teenager. He said, this girl is good. Huh? Go for her. He talked like that to his son. Right now. Wow, this girl is good. Wow. Look at his body. Right? You My gosh, what kind of father is that? Okay. My gangster days, I would have slapped him already. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Sander. I mean, like, it's very recent thinking, right? Once you're, you turn 16 years old, you have no girlfriend, huh? you're not normal. That's what their thinking is. Correct or not? All right? Don't watch too much. Uh, uh, anyway. Buffy the Vampire. Slayer, something like that. All right? Come on. You spread everywhere. Now. Hey, what have I done wrong? Trying to discredit me. I am here trying to do a good work. The devil uses God trying to discredit me. Okay. So I can't do anything. You want to show up? I can't reconcile. I can't do anything. And I was this new kid on the, on the block. Just become a pastor only, you know. So I was almost thinking, why? God, why? Why? I mean, why? I, I don't, I'm not going to do that. Okay, I'm going to stop. Right, resign. Go. No, I, no. I continue on. And I can't do anything with this. They want to leave. They want to go. Okay, go. Fine. The last I heard, they continue on with their whatever separately in their own. See, you don't want to repent. That's what happened to you. You dive all the way down. You continue to live in a life of sin. Anyway, come back to this. They're trying to discredit me. Backstab me. Well, seriously, let me tell you. That's the price to pay to be a pastor, by the way. Comes with a job. And the fifth strategy the devil used is, of course, once the half, all the fall happens, you are destroyed. They destroy us already. All right? So, start with what? Deceive you, discourage you, disunite you, discredit you, gouting you. But hey, we can prevail over evil. Amen? Amen. Let's pick up from Nehemiah what we can learn from here. Number one, how do you prevail over evil? It's going to be very unique, interesting strategy that Hermione used, which uh, you seldom learn from any military strategy. 
He says, remember, number one. Remember what? what is that? Remember what? Well, remember, I can win over the evil. Look at this. Verse 14, he says, after I look things over, this is after the enemy trying to deceive, whatever, you know, trying to, and, and the whole is Jews uh, were, were discouraged, they want to give up. In fact, the Bible says, 10 times over, they repeat, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. That means uh, it's like you're playing your head, right? We're dying, we're dying, we're dying, you know? All right, so, and after I look things over, I stood up, then I said, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people. So he said to everybody, leaders including, don't be afraid. And then he says, remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families and your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Very interesting solution. Here he said, remember the Lord who is great and uh, awesome. All right, who is great and awesome. Well, why? Because we are forgetful people. Hello? You ask my wife, she said, I agree. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> There's this thing I've been like, trying to remember. I use so much way of remembering. I don't know how it just doesn't get into me. We are forgetful people. Now, of course, what do we need to remember? Nehemiah said, remember the Lord, great God is awesome in His work, mighty works. You forget everything. You think of how God created the world, the universe. Just spoke the word, everything come to being. We forget that. Oh, I've, I've passed that whole, I graduated from Genesis chapter 1 already. I mean, I, now I'm a, like 30 years old Christian, I don't read Genesis chapter 1 anymore. I mean, I read Revelations 1, you know. Just remember Genesis chapter 1 when you learn in your Sunday school. How did God create the world? He spoke. When God can create a world with words, what is too difficult for Him? Man. Right. When Jesus could come, the sun with just words. Quiet. Be still. What is too difficult for Him? Remember, the problem is we always forget. Remember God's promises. Remember God's gracious hands have been upon you, watching over you, keep you safe. You almost had an accident. The grace of God was protecting you. You could have been the one. I could have been the one infected with COVID. The gracious hand of God. Don't you remember? This is how, you see, this is how we overcome what? Deceptions and discouragement. You just remember. You see, every time when I think, when I remember, God's greatness, God's goodness, God's word, God's faithfulness from His word, from what He has done, whatever He has done in my life. Whatever challenges I'm facing, especially challenges when I'm trying to do God's work, including our church, rebuilding His house, lives, souls. When I feel all this discouragement, deceptions coming, I will remember His promises. And I will not be discouraged. Yeah, I'll be disturbed. Sure, I'm a human, right? But I will not be discouraged. I will not fall into the devil's deceptions trying to confuse me, make me compromise my principle. And, and see, when I experience things that discourages me, I remember God's calling, God's mission, God's faithfulness. But let me tell you something, friends. You can only remember something if you have that thing already in you. You can't remember if you have 
nothing to be remembered. Hello? You can't remember emptiness. So when you don't have the Word of God inside you, what to remember? When you don't know the promises of God, what to remember? When you don't reflect every time something that God's hand was upon your life and you don't give thanks, tell people about it, after a while you forget already. You got nothing to remember. You know, in reality, humans are weird. We always remember what bad things or offences being said to us, done to us, more than we remember one good thing that a person has done to us. Right? You have done 10 good things for the person. Just one word of offence, huh? he forget about you, right? You're like, terrible. You know what I'm saying? No? Because you forget all the other, like the story of the 10 lepers was healed. Only one came back and said thank you to Jesus. Correct, not? You know the story, right? The other nine, forget. It's our problem. That's why you are so easily defeated by the devil, by evil, because you don't remember. So remember. So if you don't care about God's promises, about His Word, uh, you can't. You see, what did Jesus say when he was doing communion with his disciples? Do this as often as you can to remember me. That means you can do it every day, take communion. Why? How often you remember the cross? Come on, let's be honest. How often you remember the cross? Come on. <laughs> How often you remember what Jesus has done on a cross? How often? That's why we do communion. Sometimes I feel I want to do it every week, like some churches do, because we always tend to forget. That's why Jesus says, do it as often as you can. For what? To remember me? Why he said he scared not people forget him. Not that he scared people forget him, that nobody remember me, you know, I'm so sad. No, it's for our good. We tend to forget Jesus. We forget to pray. We forget to read the Word of God. We forget all the good things God has done for us. We forget to be thankful. We forget everything. You just need to learn to remember. Remember your vows with your spouse. Till death do us part. You will not use the word divorce. Hello? Are you following me on this? Come on, married couples. Those of you at home. You know what is vow or not? Or oh, after you live together, then only you figure out, Ay, we are not meant for each other. Lah. You should have done that before you get married. That's why we do PMC counseling uh, church here one year. All right. Uh, Rezo will know that. And Jewett and Jacob will know that, right? You appreciated that in the end, right? Not two hours. Because you, you have to learn. After that, only, um, yeah, we are not meant for each other. What? You didn't discover that before that? Once you have made a vow for better, for worse. My, you forgot that. For richer, for poorer. Yeah, when I married him, he was rich. You know, now every day I have to eat porridge. 
But why? You walk the, you say the vow. After that, you're telling me you don't want, like, I don't want to, you don't want to read Then what's the point of saying the vow? For saying sick, law. For what? For better, for worse? For richer, for poorer? In sickness, in health. Well, when I married him, he got like eight packs, you know. Now, uh, he's like United Kingdom. <laughs> know what I'm saying? In sickness, in health, that's all right. For better, for worse, all right. Preacher for poorer, in sickness, in health, till death do us part. You will never use the word divorce. You forget. Remember your first love, Jesus said in Revelations. Amen. Remember how we work together to build our church. Some people say, oh, yeah, we're not like that anymore. Wait, 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 wait. What was it you've forgotten? Maybe, yeah, suddenly the church grew more, more new people coming. Maybe the dynamics are a bit different. Look at me. Is Daniel Tan stopped loving God? Have I stopped loving God? Have I stopped loving people? Have I stopped uh, doing God's mission? Maybe I became fatter, older, more white hair. What, what, what is it? What is your problem? Remember how the Lord brought you together and built the church and now you've forgotten about it. Don't just remember. Second, now, as I'm talking here, I pray that God will remind you things. Right now, maybe your family, your marriage, your, I don't know, your church, your, you know, your work, your kampong, God will remind you things, especially His Word. The second way is, rise up! What? Prevail over evil, right? Let me show it to you. Just another verse. He says, after I look things over, I stood up. This is a very weird saying. He said, after I look things over. How do you look things over? You sit down, you sit down how you look things over. I look things over. You have to look things over, Right? You go all around and check things out. That's why he's exactly he's saying that. Look at the people, look things over. Then he said, I stood up. You mean he was not standing up? It's a very powerful metaphorical speaking. The standing, not just in terms of physical posture, but he took up his position and he rise up to do something. Because when the enemy trying to come against you, you cannot sit still and do nothing. You have to rise up. Above your circumstances, above your situation. Remember the word restore? I preached to you first sermon this year is the word kum or come. Lee kam ki if you eat the oyster sauce. Alright, come. It means to stand and to rise up. When you want to restore, you cannot sit still and do nothing. You have to rise up. Don't be afraid. Overcome your fear. Overcome the situation and rise up. If you are on the side of truth, you can stand up and fear nothing. Unless if you are not on the side of truth, people who are not on the side of truth, let me tell you seriously, when they are not on the side of truth, they will not dare, not rise up, not do it the biblical way, to rise up, stand up, and make correction of the situation. You know what they do? They will run away. They don't want to take responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Alright? So, maybe your career needs you to rise up. Maybe your spiritual life today needs you to rise up. 
Maybe your family today needs you to rise up and do something about it. Come on, everybody say rise up. All right, and what do you do? And you fight for your families. Next verse here. Your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Men. Yeah, you fight for your families. You cannot ignore building your families, including the house of God here. And you know what Nehemiah said next, verse 13. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. So he wasn't just rising up, but he was rising up, do something. Look at the words, the lowest points, the exposed place. They are parts of our life, family, marriage, whatever you name it, including your church, your spiritual life, there will be some points are the lowest points of your life. In your career, in your finances, in your health, exposed. You cannot leave it like that. You have to close the expose, guard it, really rise up to guard it. You can't... Lazy lah. Coming to church, lazy lah. The devil has got you. He has got you. Ah, lazy lah. What coming to church? Waking. What? He's got you. Come on. You you have to. By the way, Nehemiah didn't say I did it myself. I went to the lowest point myself. I did. No, no. He says I stationed some people. He trusts some people to station. In other words, you can't. Do it by yourself. When you are at your lowest points, don't think you can do it all by yourself. The devil has got you, man. I'm, I'm thankful for our church. Many of you, many people, really, I can count on you. At our lowest points, you are there. You rose up. Of course, they were always the few people that makes my heart breaks. After you preach the word of God, remower, come rebuild, come restore, renew, don't push God's silver away. It's somehow one year in, one year out. The heart is so hard. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand. You know, I was talking to one pastor. You all know him. Very res- you will respect him. You know him. I love this man of God. You know, he, he really, he pastored a, a great church. And he was telling me some of his pastor's friends, he mentioned all those names. I also know these people, very famous pastors as well. He said, uh, Pastor, you know, we have people like that in our church. Huh? I was like surprised because he is like the man which I learned from. Yeah, he said, yeah. This is reality. These guys, uh, they are just infected by the uh, COVID spiritually. Not COVID positive, but spiritual negative. They will talk weird things like, I'm disconnected from the church. The church don't care for me anymore. Let me tell you something. If anybody, you talk about caring for people, this pastor in the church is amazing about caring. He will go, he doesn't, he, his PA told me, uh, he doesn't sleep one pastor. Huh? Yeah, yeah he hardly sleeps. I say, why? He's just full on in his calendar. I say, you, you, can, you, can, you find people like that in a church, you know, that who still talk about a pastor who cares for the people so much. Ah, yeah, they don't care for me anymore. Actually, they themselves chose to disconnect. When people have tried so many times to connect, they choose to disconnect because you look in. It's all about me. It's all about us. It's not me. It's not you. It's us. You got to rise up. Do something. 
You see, and then, yeah, pastor's fault. You know something? Let me tell you something. When you don't pray for your pastors, you will pray, P-R-E-Y, after your pastors. Can I repeat for you? When you don't P-R-A-Y for your pastors, you will P-R-E-Y over your pastors. How many of you pray for your pastors? Before you open your mouth and talk bad about your pastors, pray first. Because if not, the devil will use you to P-R-E-Y your pastors. Then you destroy the whole entire church. You open the door for the devil to come into your life, into your church life. And that's why he says what? By families. You got to understand, SIB life is a family. The church of God, not just us. Every church is a family. And I, you see, let me tell you something. I will rise up and I'm committed to fight for my family, no matter what the cost. Devil, you get lost. Amen? Amen? That's how you should talk to the devil. And lastly, how do we prevail? Interesting strategy, right? You remember, you rise up. Nothing else, nothing not like, like, super, like rocket science, no. You remember, if you know how to remember whatever I shared with you to remember, if you know how to rise up and don't just like shake leg and do nothing, yeah. do something! Pastor, I'm, I'm like fat. Do something! You know, Pastor, my pants all cannot fit anymore after MC all two years. Uh. Do something! <laughs> Pastor, I'm, I'm like doing terrible in my, in my exams. Do something, study lah! But I don't know, I study, study, cannot go, you know. Find help lah! Do something! Excuse me! Rise up! Somebody say, rise up, please. Rise up. Tell a friend next to you, rise up! Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm 35, I'm still single. Do something! There's so many like awesome girls in the house of God here. Come on, amen. Still single, amen. Do something. But, takut dia kena tolak lah. Okay, kalau takut, pakai Iron Man punya mask. Pergi cakap, kalau 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 kena apa tu, malu pun Iron Man yang malu, bukan kamu yang malu kan. Please do something. Lastly, regather. All right. Let me just read you this verse. All right. Verse 19 and verse 20 of chapter 4 has been closed here. Where am I? Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the world. Just like how we are right now, so widely separated still, because we can't meet often in the south, especially, you know, things like that. But then he says, wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there, our God will fight for us. God will fight for us when we gather, regather in unity. You see the difference? Look at me, huh? Earlier, what did Nehemiah say? Rise up, fight for your families. Here, what did he say? God will fight for us. Wait, so God will fight or we fight? You see, that one, you have to rise up to take your positions and defend your families, defend people you love, defend the church that you love. Yes, but we can't do it alone. That's why I say, don't support Man United, support Man United with God. 
when you are united, God will fight for us. Amen? So I, when we sound a trumpet, come, let's pray together. We pray. Pray together. That's why you will find in Nehemiah, you study, Nehemiah always say, we pray, we pray, we pray. You always see this phrase, we pray, we pray. Regather. So remember three things. Number one, how do we prevail over evil? Number one, we remember. Come on, everybody say. Number one, we remember. Number two, we rise up. Number three, we regather. When you remember, you overcome deceptions and discouragements. There are five the strategies, right? You overcome discouragement, deception when you remember. You overcome when the devil tries to discredit you. When you rise up, you don't allow him to discredit you. And when we regather, we overcome disunity. When we're able to do this three, the devil cannot destroy us. Not your family, not your loved ones, not the church. Amen? And so, last verse. So, Nehemiah said, we rebuild the wall. Till all of its reaches died, half its eye for the people. Come on, read for me, please. Yellow color. One, two, three. Come on, anybody here want to work with all your heart? Come on, raise your hands. And, all right, come on, let's stand on your feet right now. Can I ask you? We're going to pray. What I want, why I ask all of you to stand on your feet, including those of you at home, if you can stand, you stand because we are standing, we are standing up, we are rising up as we remember God's greatness and awesomeness, His promises, His word, His good work. Whatever we can remember, we remember, but we have to take our stand this morning. We are going to fight for our families. We're going to fight for our church, fight for our nation. I don't know what are the things that you need to fight for. What are the, the, the lowest points of your life? What are the exposed places? No, you're not going to let it, allow it just like that. You're going to rise up. And what I want to ask all of you to stand because let it be a sign of unity. We are gathering and regathering in the presence of God, including those of you at home. So as we do that, church, wherever you are, you say, I want to prevail over evil. These three words, remember today, that is for you. And so you say, yes, I can't do it alone. And let's get united with God. So just wherever you are, you stretch your hands to God. I'm going to pray right now. Release this, this anointing of the word of the truth of God. Yes. Angkat tangan kepada Tuhan. Raise your hand. Those of you at home as well. I release this truth of God, a revelation, a remember of God over your life right now in Jesus' name that God will help you to remember we have an awesome God. Help me to rise up and not finding excuses not to. Rise up and help you to learn to regather and not separating yourself, disconnecting yourself, but united because it is when we are united, God will fight for us. You know, church, when you decide not to get united in the body of Christ, you want to disconnect yourself, God will still bless those who are united. He will fight for them. But you will be the one who lose because nobody will fight for you. God is not fighting for you.
It's not my words here. Listen to the Word of God this morning. If you really, really want victory, experience victory in your life, you love God and love the house of God, take heed of what He's saying to us this morning. And I release that word over your family, specifically church, your marriage in the name of Jesus Christ. There will be kum, restoration is going to happen. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, receive it by faith and say amen in Jesus' name. Come on, of you at home as well, receive it. Come on, hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to Live Podcast. We hope that you will be challenged by this message and you will share it with your friends, family member and co-worker. We hope you have a great day. God bless you.